St. John chapter 8, I want to share one verse of Scripture, verse 12. The Bible said, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. and He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. I want to preach and teach for a little while on Jesus, the light of the world. Truly tonight, He is the light of the world. He's the light that should be shining from us, that should be illuminating through us in everything that we do. You see, Jesus proclaimed, proclaimed himself to be the light of the world at the, great, at the great feast of tabernacles. The very first ceremony of the feast holds great significance for what Jesus was claiming. You see, there is an event that's, that's held during the feast of tabernacles that's called the illumination of the temple. It was held in the court of the women. And then the center of the court was surrounded by large sections of stadium-style seating. And in the open space of the court sat four huge candelabras. And when darkness fell, the candelabras were lit and the elders danced and led the people in singing psalms before the Lord all night long. They didn't get tired. They didn't get weary. They didn't complain about standing. They said, we're coming to worship. This is part of the feast. And they worshiped and sung songs of praise to the Lord all night long. But the brilliance and the glow from the burning flames of the huge candelabras was said to be so bright that the light could be seen throughout the whole city. They could look through when they began to light these candelabras and it looked like a glow flowing throughout the whole city. It was against the brilliance and the glory of this event that Jesus cried out with a loud voice and he said, if you think that's something, I want you to know I am the light of the world. I am the light. This is great. This is wonderful. This is magnificent. It's seen from all ends or all places in the city. But I want you to know that I am the light of the world. And Jesus Christ is the light that can save man from the chaos that sins brings into our life. And I want tonight, for just a moment, I want us to look at what the light of Jesus did as it shined upon a man named Saul. When you go over in Acts chapter 9, you find here the powerful story. That then Saul, still breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and he asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if he found any who were of the way talking about Christians, talking about proclaiming the name of Jesus and preaching and teaching Christ, they were in the way, whether men or women, that he might have the power and the authority to bind them 
them and to bring them to Jerusalem. And as he journeyed and he came near Damascus, suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. And then the Bible said that he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And then the Lord said, I'm Jesus whom you are persecuting. It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And so he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city and you'll be told what you must do. And then the men who journeyed with him stood there speechless because they're hearing a voice, but yet they're not seeing anyone that would be speaking back to Saul. And then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, the Bible said that he saw no one. He was blind, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. And now look at how God's light opens his eyes to a whole different world that he had never seen before. We find here in verse 10, it said, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said, In a vision, Ananias, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he's praying. And in a vision he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias began to talk to the Lord. He said, Lord, I've heard of this man named Saul. He's the man that's got letters giving him the authority for him to bind and arrest and bring back to Jerusalem anyone proclaiming the name of Christ. And you want me to go pray for him? You want me to go lay hands on him? He has authority from the chief priests to bind all that's preaching in your name. But the Lord said to him, he said, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. And so Ananias went his way and he entered into the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road that you came in, on the road of Damascus, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. God began to do miracles in a man's life that had brought nothing but pain and suffering and persecution to the body of Christ. But the Bible said that when Ananias laid his hands on him, when he began to pray, it said immediately there fell from his eyes something that looked like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. He was baptized. 
baptized in the Holy Ghost with the anointing of God. So when he had received food and was strengthened, then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. But the Bible said immediately he preached Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. I'm here to tell somebody when the light of Christ shines in, it can turn things around. It can take the negative and make it a positive. It can take the things that look impossible and turn them around and make them possible. Who would have believed that this man named Saul would have ever made this kind of conversion? Who would have ever believed that this man could have ever changed, could have ever been any different The Bible even talked about that they believed that Saul was the one that was there and left the stoning of Stephen. This was a man that was a genuine persecutor of the body of Christ and of Christians. But he didn't realize that God had his number, that God was about to shine a light in the midst of the darkness, that God was about to turn things around. You see, if you're willing to open your eyes and your heart to Jesus. He can set you free from sin, show you how to live a life that's full of joy and peace and love and hope. We can find in 1 John chapter 3, the Bible said this, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor knows him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, but as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. We need to realize that he is the light of the world. He was brought into this world to destroy the powerful hold that the devil had upon the men and women of this nation of this world that they might be delivered that we might become practicers of righteousness. What do you mean, Pastor? Practices, practicers of righteousness. What happens when you're practicing something? When you're practicing something, it means that you are fine-tuning your skill. You're fine-tuning your ability If you're practicing something, you're trying to achieve perfection. You're trying to achieve good. You're trying to achieve and become better because you're continually practicing. When I read that verse, it tells me that if I'm a a practicer of righteousness, it means that I'm not perfect. It means that there's infallible things about me. It means that there's going to be things that I'm working on because I'm a practicer of righteousness. When we were out in sin, we were practicers of sin. We continually sinned. We continually did that. But when we accepted Christ and the light of Jesus come in our heart, we become practicers of righteousness, which says even in our infallibility, even in our failures, even in our shortcomings, we've made 
up our mind that we're going to strive for perfection. Like the Apostle Paul said, he said, I haven't reached perfection yet, but I'm striving to get to the high calling of God. I'm striving to get there. So, honey, I've got news for you. You're not perfect yet, but we need to be practicers of trying to be better than who we are. And we do that by allowing the light of Jesus to shine through our life and shine through our heart and move in places where we think is dark and hidden and nobody knows. God wants to bring light into the things that's got you bound, that's got you tied up in knots, that's got you to a place that you feel like you can't get a breakthrough. God wants to bring light in the midst of the things that's got you bound. He'll deliver us from whatever that is. When you go over in Acts chapter 12, we find another powerful story. Said now about this this about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand and to harass some from the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. And now it was during the days of unleavened bread. It was during the time of the feast. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending on bringing him out before the people after Passover. For Peter was therefore kept in prison. But the Bible said that constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. The church continually had prayer meeting that God would bring deliverance to Peter. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping bound with two chains between two soldiers and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Here's Peter. He's in the inner prison. He's chained to two guards and there's Two squads of soldiers outside each corridor that's keeping the prison. He's not going anywhere. It seems to be an impossible situation. It seems like there's no way out. Tomorrow is execution day. Tomorrow's the day he's going to be brought out, brought before the people, and he's going to be executed. But he's chained and asleep between two soldiers. But God had a plan. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. A light showed in the middle of the impossibility. A light shined in the middle of the hopelessness. A light shined in the situation that looked like it was only leading to death, but was about to be turned around and was about to have a resurrection experience by the power of God. A light shined in the prison. And he struck Peter on his side and raised him up saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off of his hands. Now I don't know about you, but... I've been around chains all my life. I, I, I've been in the logging business, and I, we did, dealt with a lot of chains. And you're not going to get a chain that's going to drop from any distance that's not going to have a loud clanging noise. It's going to cling. It's going to make racket. 
There's two men chained to Peter sleeping right there by him or were supposed to be guarding him, but yet they never woke up when the chains fell off. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself, tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. And so he went out and followed him and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but he thought he was having a vision. He said, I must be dreaming. I'm in an impossible situation. James has already been executed by the sword. I know tomorrow's my day, and I'm here in this inner prison. There's many courts between here and the outside gate. I'm chained to two, to two soldiers. There's soldiers at every corridor, at every gate. There's no way I can get out. But here I am in the midst of a negative and a bad situation, and I must be having a vision. I must be dreaming. But when they passed the first and the second guard post, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city. Now, he's in the inner part of the prison, chained to two soldiers, chains fall off. There had to be a door that opened from the place where he was to the next corridor, and there was probably at least three more doors inside the prison that had to open. And there was guards at every post. And none of them awoke. When the second guard post, they came to the iron gates that leads out of the city, which opened to them of its own accord. And they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. God shined light in the middle of an impossible situation and turned it around. I don't know about you. But there's been some times that I've found myself in some tight places. I've found myself in some bad circumstances. I've found myself facing things that looked impossible, that I had no clue, no idea, no thought of how I was going to get out of that situation. But yet God come through. That's what happens when God's light shines into your life. God miraculously delivered Peter from the chains that had him bound. He opened every door that had been, that had been closed in his life. He led him out every step of the way until he was completely free. Not part of the way, not halfway, not some of the way, not just a little bit liberated, but until he was completely free and out of the prison. Just as, the, as Jesus liked brought salvation to Saul and he shone a light into the prison where Peter was being held and through that light set him free from bondage. We have been set free from the bondage of sin through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus told his disciples in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, he said, you, speaking of the church, are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, 
in heaven. Jesus was telling the disciples that they are now the light of the world. But I got news for you. It didn't stop with the disciples. It went on to the rest of the church. We are to reflect the light of Christ as it shines through us in everything that we do. If you're a born-again Christian tonight, if Jesus is living in your heart, there needs to be a light that's shining out from you. You see, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5 and 8, he said, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Don't let anything bring darkness back into your life. That's the reason that he said, be angry but sin not. He said, don't let anger put you in a dark place and put you in a situation to where you have bitterness in your heart. But know that light dispels sin. Light dispels darkness. And it will shine through your life and bring victory wherever you allow it to shine. It will open doors. It will mend relationships. It will open hearts. It will touch and minister when you feel like everything's a mess. You see, the whole world is to be illuminated by the light of the believer. The whole world. Acts 13 and 47 said this, For so the Lord has commanded us, I have set you as a light to the Gentiles, that you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Paul said in Philippians 2 and 14, Do all things without complaining or disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God, without fault, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, whom among you shine as lights in the world. He said, I'm not taking you out of the situation. I'm not taking you out of the world. I'm I'm wanting you to shine a light into a lost and dying world. I want you to make a difference. I want you to turn things around. I want you to shine your light into darkness. I want you to see somebody delivered. I want you to see somebody healed. I want you to see somebody's life turned around and changed because of the light in you. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. There's an old song. It's an old southern gospel song. It was one of my favorites. When I first got saved, and first came into the church. The name of that song was called The Lighthouse. It puts into words what Jesus did for us as we were being tossed and battered by the storms of life. At the very last minute, when it looked like we were going to be destroyed, He shined His light out to us to show us the way safely home. That old song, The Lighthouse. It said there's a lighthouse on a hillside that overlooks the sea. When I'm tossed, it seems out of light that I might see. And the light that shines in darkness now will safely lead us o'er. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, that ship would be no more. I thank God for the lighthouse. I owe my life to Him 
For Jesus is the lighthouse from the rocks of sin. He has shown a light around me that I can clearly see. If it wasn't for the lighthouse, where would this ship be? Tonight, church, where would we be without the light shining in our life? Where would we be without the light of Jesus illuminating in our heart and shining out to us when we were walking in a place of darkness? I'm glad tonight that the Lord had mercy and grace and compassion on an old sinner like me. I'm glad that in the very wee hours of the night, in the very last moment, when it looked like that sin was about to destroy my life, that Jesus looked down and shined a light, and I could see a glimmer of hope for the first time. I could see a glimmer for joy the first time. I had a glance at happiness for the first time. I felt the presence and the power and the anointing of God it wasn't a phase, it wasn't just a thrill, it wasn't just, a, it wasn't just an emotional thing, but what I found on that Wednesday night in that old-fashioned altar at that little country church has brought me through for 38 years. It's helped me through every storm, it's helped me through every battle, it's helped me through every disappointment, it's helped me through every challenge, it's helped me through everything that the enemy has tried to bring my way because I know that I have one. Jesus Christ that's shining a light in my life. God will shine light in the midst of the impossible situations if you'll let him. I thank God that Jesus is the light of the world.